best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. Yeah, we are going up. They certainly are. Shelburne back in the Premier League. And a man you saw on that video a couple of times is the Chief Executive David O'Connor and he joins me in studio now. Doc, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Jamie. Thanks very much. How would you describe being involved in those scenes at the end on Friday? Yeah, it's really hard not to have a smile from ear to ear after just having watched that. And to be honest, it's still a little bit surreal watching it back now. Um, what an amazing night um, and something that I'm very proud to have witnessed and to have played a small part in. But... Just incredible, incredible scenes there. I mean, just the, the joy on people's faces. And it was kind of, it looked like I said, it was a little bit surreal standing on the edge of the pitch, watching those scenes unfold afterwards and just the pure joy on people's faces. It was amazing. So what are you like as the chief executive watching a game as important as that? And it's one all and it's, you know, it's a tight match and you know if it's a draw or shells lose, it goes to the last day and things might not go your way. So what do you like? And the last two goals came like the 81st and 86th minute. So it was tight to the end. Yeah, it was a tight game. I suppose like any other fan in that situation and you saw it in the away end in the shed in, in Drogheda what, they were, what our fans were like. I'm sure they were on the edge of your seats, as was I. Um, the game itself was such an amazing occasion for the League of Ireland in general. I mean, it's a long, long time since there was a first division game in particular with that kind of a crowd and atmosphere and proper cup final feel. Um, but yeah, up until the last, probably the, the 91st minute, I, I was pretty tense, as were everyone sitting around me and the, the away section. But um, I suppose the joy and the relief when that, that whistle went was, um, was just, it's hard to describe that feeling. So how has the weekend been? Because I know everyone went back to the Talker Bar and Talker Park on Friday. I think the players could have been out on Saturday and Sunday as well. Very well deserved. There's a league game to come against Limerick this Saturday when the team will lift the trophy and hopefully a massive crowd in Talker. But... How have the last few days gone? Uh, party Central in Talca? Yeah, we had a great night on Friday night in Talca. Um, the majority of the guys, the fans that were on the buses came back to Talca. The players all came back. Um, the players got the welcome that they absolutely fully deserved, as did Ian and the staff when they came into the bar. Um, again, an amazing reception from the fans that were there. The players, I'm sure, enjoyed their weekend, which they were absolutely fully entitled to do after an amazing um, amazing season by themselves and the management. Um, and like I said, with, with Friday now, or sa sorry, Saturday against Limerick, um, we very much plan on uh, rolling that party into into the weekend as well. Thankfully, there's not pressure now going into that game. The lads, like Ian said, after the game, are still going to prepare as they would with any game. But it helps that we can kind of plan that game on Saturday and plan a party afterwards and just enjoy the moment. What does it mean to the club to be back in the Premier Division. You've been there since April 2018 and you've seen firsthand what the First Division is like. You've clearly been a player in it too, but what does it mean to the club to be back? I, to be honest, I think that 90-second clip probably sums it up best, better than I could put into words. I mean, especially the interview we did with our, with our kit man, Johnny Watson. He probably exemplifies the passion and the love that many, but in particular Johnny Watson, has for Shelburne Football Club. That man lives and breeds the club. Um, and he's one of, of numerous examples of Shells people who have been waiting for this moment for a hell of a long time. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of, of pictures during the week of Shells fans getting the date of the game tattooed, the Shells crest tattooed into them. You know, the scenes of people crying on the pitch uh, afterwards, that, that raw emotion, that's hard to, to, you can't buy that, you can't bottle that as much as we'd love to, but it just, it meant, it meant so much to the people that have been involved in the club for so, for so long, the volunteers who, you know, through hard times in the last couple of years, have, have, have really worked really, really hard behind the scenes for the club and then for the fans. And I suppose Johnny Watson exemplifies that. Um, it means a hell of a lot to everyone and to myself. I've only been involved for 18 months, but I mean, it's hard not to once you get in, walk in the doors to talk of, you know, within a couple of weeks to, to really feel part of a family. Um, and so it means a hell of a lot to me and to, to, to the volunteers and especially the fans, players and, and also Ian, who's done an amazing job this year. So the Shells head coach Ian Morris on his first season as a manager and a league winning manager at that leading his team back to the Premier Division next year. And Dave, this time last year Ian was still playing for Bowes and in the off season he was appointed as the Shells manager. I know you were very heavily involved in that, you know, the process of recruiting a manager and picking Ian as the manager. 
even though he's not the manager in title, but head coach as such. Um, tell us about the job he's done and why you picked him to be the man in charge. I mean, first and foremost, what a, what a season he's had for his first year in, in charge and what he's done with that group of players. I mean, you could tell by the way they fought for the, the win the other night and there's numerous occasions during the season you can see that his passion um, and his love of the club, despite the fact he's only been in there 12 months, is really, you know, it really, really showed. And the squad of players he, he put together in the off-season was, you know, he did fantastically well to assemble such a strong squad. But I think, think more importantly, what he got out of that, those players during the season, um, you could tell he really, you know, really, really tight knit group. And it, it comes down to himself and, and the management team. But yeah, look, bringing Ian in, um, I, I mean, I, I knew the first time I met Ian that, that he was... He was the right person for the club. His, his passion was infectious. Um, he was so eager to throw himself into it completely and immerse himself in the club, and that's that's what he did. Um, and that definitely drip-fed down to the players. Um, and I think anyone that watched us over the season regularly could 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 see that he he really stamped his his authority on the team, and the team played for him in return. And um, yeah, look, it's all ahead of him now. What a, what a fantastic platform he set up for himself, um, and he's done really really well and fully deserves all the plaudits he's going to get. Yeah, I know I asked him in the longer version of that video, which is on our YouTube channel, about planning for the Premier, like kind of now, even though you've got another match in the off-season, but getting the right squad and stuff is going to be so important and trying to retain players who he wants to keep and the club want to keep, and along with Dave Henderson, who's been played a key role as well, in trying to sign players. But for you as a chief executive, your role in terms of planning for next season, I'm sure, is, is well in full swing, even though you're only kind of four days up. Absolutely, yeah. Like like I said, it's kind of twofold: the, the football side of things um, and the business side of the club. On the football front, I mean, I know Ian has has you know done a little bit of work already in the background, planning for next season. Um, we hopefully have a couple of announcements in the, in the coming weeks about players re-signing. Um, we have a really, really strong squad of players, and the, the plan will be to keep, you know, keep the core of that squad. And I think going up to the Premier Division, obviously, the plan is is to is to probably strengthen the squad a little bit, um, and we'll, we'll need to do that to be competitive. Um, and we will do that. And I know Ian and, and the backroom staff and, and and Dave Henderson have have already started that process. And then obviously on the on the business side of the club, I mean, going up to the Premier Division now changes the picture in, in a big way for the club in a very positive way. Um, you know, it was impossible not to see the potential that the club has from a fan base point of view over the last couple of weeks and months in Tolka Park. Um, you know, against Bray the other night, the couple of weeks ago, the, the place was rammed. Um, and going to the Premier Division, you know, we would hope to keep those, you know, keep people wanting to come back to Tolka Park. Um, and yeah, look, at, on the commercial level, we'll be look. We're constantly trying to get partners and and. and commercial partners and, and business partners and even social partners so I mean my job a big part of my job in the off season will be to continue to work with our current sponsors and partners our social partners and our commercial partners and try to build that prof portfolio as well and we're very much an open door on that front and we'll be you know very open to, to, be, to chat to new, new I suppose people that want to get involved from a sponsor point of view um, from a volunteer point of view in particular because I mean there's a lot of people that want to come and get involved and help out with the club and we're an open book and you know I'm always approachable on that front um, but it's going to be really busy we've season tickets now to, to plan we've I probably shouldn't be saying this, but a, a news on a jersey launch hopefully in the next couple of weeks as well. So a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, and yeah, what, a, what an exciting chapter for the club in the next uh, couple of months and for next season. In what way does it change the picture from the point of view of away from football and business and commercial and sponsors and you know stuff around the ground and all that sort of stuff? The, uh, the primary one is the match day revenue and, and the turnstiles. Um, you know, uh, uh, this year we, we had a fantastic average attendance. We're, we're touching 1,200 uh, average attendance at Tolka Park. If that goes up to 17, 18, 1,900, um, and on top of that, then getting the big, you know, the big Dublin derbies where you're, you know you're going to fill Tolka Park out, that, that's a, that makes a big difference commercially for the club. Um, and then on the match day front, in terms of you know uh, merchandise, the bar sales, um, they all make you know 
getting more bumps on seats and getting a bigger away crowd into the ground obviously helps out as well. Um, and then I suppose in terms of you know commercial sponsors being able to offer that added bit of value for, for them uh, in terms of TV exposure, bigger crowds um, and just bigger exposure in general, um, it, it's fantastic. Um, and we already have a couple of amazing you know commercial sponsors that we had this year that we'd hope to keep. But like I said previously, we're looking to you know get as many people involved in the club as possible commercially and on a volunteer basis, people that want to help out and get involved, very much open to that too. I'm looking forward to being at the game on, on Saturday and seeing Tolga Park you know, as full as can be. I would hope there's a great crowd there and I'm sure the bars will be open and the players will spend some time with the, with the fans afterwards too. I've been at a couple of games this season and you're right about the attendance in around the, the 1,000 mark or so. And I've noticed in the last few weeks that the, the stand behind the goal in which the change rooms are has been closed, I think there was a small fire, but the, the kind of Shell's core fans have been at the far end of the main stand. So the main stand in general has been full and the away fans across the other side. And that has kind of changed the atmosphere because sometimes there was like a couple of hundred Chelsea fans at one and then the rest kind of split across the main stand. How have you seen that and what's the latest with the ground moving forward to next year if you are going to have, you know, maybe two and a half, three thousand there for Bowes, or, you know, Bowes visit or Shamrock Rovers or Pats that you want the fans to be able to fit in and be comfortable and be safe and stuff? Yeah, well, just firstly in relation to the, 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 new, the stand behind the goals and the moving of the, you know, the core fans into the main stand, it coincided with a really good run of form that we had yeah. in the league and it carried through and I know from chatting to the players in particular and from chatting to a handful of fans, they really enjoyed that dynamic and it worked out really well because it created a real buzz in the place. Um, for next season, you know, there's a, probably a little bit of work to be done to see, you know, in terms of Tolka Park, what we might do with that with that stand again. But I think I'd love to see the, the fans that moved to, to Section E stay there because the atmosphere that they created. But we'll look at that in, in the off season. Um, just touching on the match day stuff. I mean, we, we're hoping to have a big, obviously, a big bumper crowd on on Saturday, but. You know, the behind the scenes, the work that goes in by a, a core group of volunteers that run the bar, John Riley, Andy McGowan in the club shop, the Kennedys who run the, the, the sweet shop, and among numerous other jobs, amazing, amazing family. Um, the match day team, the media team, you know, Gavin, Frank, um, amazing people involved that just do it for the love of the club. I'm sure I'm missing out on a few people. We mentioned Johnny already, um, Tosh, Tosh, Joe Cole at the turnstiles. I'm just, I'm, probably, I'm definitely going to miss someone, but I want to just mention a special thanks to everyone involved on a voluntary base at the club because they deserve the moment they had last Friday. They deserve the, the celebrations that are going to be had on Saturday uh, coming and they just do it for the love of the club. It's, it's just, it's, it's humbling, it's amazing, they're amazing people. So Andrew Doyle is the owner of the club and we hope to speak to him on the podcast in the coming weeks as well and I know Ian Morris has said he'll come in and have a chat too. Uh, Andrew took over shortly before you were named as chief executive and he's been involved in Shamrock Rose for years and, and stuff and, and you know his money has helped this project I hate the word project, but it is because he uh, takes a long-term view of it and there's links with TCU and other bits and pieces going on, the academy and stuff. Tell us about his role, the type of person he is, and he's the one who picked you to kind of run things on the ground for him, and I'm sure he was a very happy man. I saw he, he was a very happy man in United Park on, on Friday night himself. He was, for sure, and I think I, I think it's genuine. I think his happiness was more for the people involved in the club, and Ian in particular, and the staff and the players, because um, he saw the work that they put in over the last you know, 10, 10 months. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm very, very grateful to Andrew myself for giving me the opportunity to be involved in such an amazing club, and, and I couldn't have wished to have got a, you know, a better working experience over 18 months. I wouldn't have got it in any other job. But look, one of the objectives myself and Andrew set absolutely was to get the, the first team back up into the Premier Division. Um, for sure, I'd be, I'd be lying if we said that wasn't a priority. It was. But you know, when Andrew got involved, it was a, it was a, pro a project. You don't want to mention the word, but it was a bigger picture than just the, the men's first team. You know, we're trying to create a culture and and make the most of what the amazing club that Chevron is already has and bring the best out of people, get people involved, work with the academies, bring in the women's side of the club, which we, we, we've definitely made progressive steps towards. So, you know, the project, as you, you said, is more than just the first team. Um, it's bigger than that. It's about, you know, trying to look after our players, look after the people involved in the club. A lot of things we probably will make mistakes, but um, 
you know, there's a lot to it than just the, the men's first team. Obviously, that's a, a priority for sure. But, um, you know, Andrew has a, you know, and the rest of the, the board of management and myself have, have other things that we, you know, we want to see the club progress towards. And we've definitely made a number of steps towards that over the last 18 months, not just the men's first team. And I'm sure as well the plan will be to try and compete at a certain level in the Premier next year. And, you know, I know you don't want to be involved in the battle at the bottom. And we've seen in recent years, 10th goes down automatically and, and ninth even this season is a couple of teams, seven or eight points ahead and eighth and seventh that are looking over their shoulders a little and you know if you can make top half you're safe and maybe even have a great season the likes of you know what Bowles have done in recent seasons and you're fighting for Europe but that means you need a budget to get the players to do that and that's something I'm sure Andrew and yourself and Ian and everybody you're having a conversation on you want to make sure your team is competitive in the Premier next year Absolutely um, you know we don't want it to, to bounce back down absolutely not that would be you know it would be a, a big step backwards but that means we have to look at the squad we have um, keep the, the core group of players that we, that we already have for next season and then strengthen in, in a couple of areas that we definitely need to strengthen in there's no, no two ways about that and um, I suppose being a, you know the momentum that we have at the club now you know I, I, I'm sure there'll be players wanting to play for Shelburne Football Club as there have been for a number of years because it's such a massive club but now that we're back in the Premier Division there will be players wanting to play for the club um, and it's about how we recruit players we have to be clever in our recruitment because ultimately it's not going to be a blank checkbook far far from it despite you know what some people may have thought this year about us was, was very much untrue um, so we'll have to be clever with our recruitment and get the right players get players who want to be a part of it um, and yeah I suppose to be, to be competitive I mean we're not going to be chasing a, a European dream uh, next season that's not part of the plan it would be unwise I think to, to throw money at, at anything like that um, but we need to be competitive and I think with, with Ian there um, and the players we have we, we've got a right good chance of doing that So Dave you're 28 just turned 28 and you've played in the league for years and years and years up until just before you took the job as Chelsea executive U UCD for years at Limerick and Shamrock Rovers as well how have you found the transition from footballer to chief executive you're definitely the only chief executive in the league as far as I can see and you've gone very very quickly from being a player on the pitch to a, a player in the boardroom as such yeah and it's something when I was a player I was quite um, passionate and strong about encouraging you know teammates of mine to make sure that they have a plan for themselves after football um, and something I was very conscious of doing myself and I, like I said I went through UC got a, a, a couple of degrees but I very much didn't know what I wanted to do apart from being a footballer or be involved in football and that's why when I did finish playing up uh, playing in the league two, two seasons ago I was very very lucky to have given, been given an opportunity to get back involved in an environment that I'm very very passionate about um, and that I love um, and I'm still pinching myself a little bit to have gotten the opportunity to be honest um, especially at such a club as, as Shells um, and look I'm, I'm learning as I go I'm having to lean on you know the board of management that there lean on Andrew learn from people that are you know family and friends as well but I've enjoyed it and I'm, I'm very grateful to be in part of you know, a proper success story at Shells this year, but there's a lot of work to be done, a hell of a lot of work to be done to make sure that we, we build on the momentum we have um, and push on to another level. But yeah, the transition from, from playing to, to the working world, I suppose, maybe would have been a little bit of a different dynamic if I'd gone into a, a normal working world away from football. Um, but I'm lucky that, that I was able to, to step into a job that was very much um, in something that I was very passionate about. You're the first League of Ireland CEO I've ever interviewed, so I'm interested to know how your week works and how busy you are. And apart from stuff in the office in Tolka, emails, phone calls 24-7, going to matches, it's a wide range of, of jobs you have to do under that title of Chief Executive. It is, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of, you know, admin emails, phone calls. I mean, I spend a lot of the time on, on the phone. A big part of it is, you know, working with people and being a good per people person and, getting the best or the most out of the people at the club and I, I'd like to think that I've you know I've made good friends with people at the club over the, la the last 18 months and 
I like to think that, that I've got the best out of some of those people as well as they have with me. Um, obviously, there's there's the football side of things, which I'm which I'm still quite you know passionate about, and that's where my skill set lies from my previous job. Um, so I, you know, I'd like to think that Ian, whenever he wants to pick up the phone and, and and bounce something off me, an idea, whether it's something to do with training or or something for you know anything football related, that I enjoy that side of things. Um, but it's quite a varied role to ask me any given week what I'd be doing from Monday to Friday. I probably won't be able to answer you uh, exactly, but that probably makes it more exciting uh, on a day-to-day basis that you know anything can throw itself up, football-related, business-related, dealing with people, dealing with sponsors, dealing with some of our community outreach programmes. It's very wide-ranging uh, and varied, and um, it's great. It's great. And lastly, I'm sure you've been involved as well a lot in the discussions about the move to Dalyman Park and the ground share with shells and bows and... That just seems to have been snagged by different issues and we don't really know yet if and when it's going to happen. From the Shell's view and your view as a Chief Executive, where is that now? And I know a lot of fans have been very much against the move, but I'm sure when they get there and they see how good the stadium will be, if it is ever done, it'll be great. But for the next few years, you're still going to be in Tolkien. I'm sure there's, there's plans to maybe, and I've, I mentioned recently about you know, the place has been painted and just small things, but the update from Shell's on, on where that is at the moment. Yeah, look, we have a steering committee that meets um, in collaboration with Bose and city, the City Council on a monthly basis. Um, there has been a little bit of progress in the last month or two in relation to you know getting more specific timeframes on when things might happen. But to be brutally honest, over the last 18 months, it's, it has been slow. Um, and w- you know we've had questions from, from fans on a regular basis with updates. When we have them, we will give them. Um, there's nothing... Um, as of today, nothing you know different than it was maybe a couple of months ago. Really, um, we have been told that there might, we might get a little bit more detail in the next couple of months in terms of timelines. Um, but it looks like the project will will happen. Um, when it will happen, I'm not exactly sure. But hopefully, like I said, the next couple of months we'll have a little bit of a clearer picture. But for the foreseeable future, the next couple of seasons we're going to be in Talca Park. Um, and the place, I mean, again, someone I didn't mention earlier on, but someone who's done amazing work in the ground is Eamon White, the groundsman. He's, the place looks fantastic. The pitch is one of the best in the, in the country. Um, so we look forward to staying in Tolka for, for the next couple of years at least. Um, and then hopefully we'll have an update for the fans soon in relation to Daily Met, as soon as we have it. And just lastly, on that, on, on the small improvements to Tolkien, spoke to Noel O'Driscoll of, of Bray recently about, you know, the Carlow grounds and what they've done. And, you know, I was there recently and, you know, this is going to sound very bizarre, but the toilets work, the hand dryers work, there's soap. And I know in Talca, like the far side, the walls being painted, and you know the stand behind the goal to the left, as the main stand looks, is kind of never used, and the seats are still a little bit, you know, they look a bit crap. Is there ways to do those small things and make the place look aesthetically better? So if there's someone watching, or there's a video of a goal, that it's not just kind of a blank stand behind. Or even noticed that a Croke Park the weekend for the ladies' finals, they had three or six massive huge big jerseys of the six teams playing draped across Hill 16 so at least it looked aesthetically nice and, and you know small things like that I'm sure can be done. Absolutely and I think it would be, uh, I'll, I'll put you in your spot slightly and say that the, the vast majority of Talca Park I think is still a beautiful old traditional mm-hmm. football yeah, yeah. ground um, there are parts that need a, you know probably a, a lick of paint and a, and, a, and a bit of work but we have planned, we discussed at the la- our last board meeting that we're going to do a little bit of work on that front in the off season to tidy up the far side of the ground um, but there's been a hell of a lot of work done already, I mean the pitch in particular is fantastic but Yes, in terms of uh, you know encouraging younger fans or families into grounds and League of Ireland in general, the league has a long way to go as a whole to be able to get to a stage where we're we're proud of every single stadium we have, um, and only I think at that stage will you know we'll be able to properly build fan bases at League of Ireland clubs. It's a it's a it's a big challenge. I mean, clubs don't have the resources to do it themselves. We need we need help and assistance too. Um, but yeah, we'll do a little bit of work on talking the off season to. to uh, bring it up to a level that we're really proud of on the far side and to bring up a level that the rest of the ground is at, I suppose. 
And finally, new fans and the area that the stadium is in is huge around Dublin, it really is. And you're competing with Bowes directly because it's, you know, the stadiums in terms of geography are quite close together. But even for Saturday, the place is going to be full. It's going to be a party for new fans, whether they be Irish, whether they be foreign nationals who live here and have kids and the kids are back to school and people are back to college. They're not going out on a Friday night. What would you say to them about going to, to try and check out Talca and Shells this Saturday with a view to what it might be like next year? I think we need to, I mean, capturing footage like you captured on, on Friday night and showing that to anyone who's a football fan, never mind a Shelburne fan, if they watch that, they, they couldn't but want to, to come to a game to be part of something like that. And we need to build on, like I said already, the momentum we have and um, encourage, you know, we, we have a good cohort of young fans now um, and more and more people started coming back in the door as the season progressed and hopefully they can tell, you know, their own friends, their family members that look, Talca Park is, a place, is the place to be next season. There's going to be, you know, numerous Dublin derbies. It's a friendly kind of family atmosphere as well as having a, you know, proper football atmosphere feel to it. So we need to do a hell of a lot in the off season to to widen our fan base and you know our social media outreach, our uh, community outreach programs will all be part of that. But we need, you know, word of mouth is 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 the best way to do that too. And people watching some of the footage from from last Friday and hopefully some of the, the photographs and fo footage we capture this coming Saturday will will see that and want to be part of it. Great stuff, fantastic stuff from the cell, the Shells Chief Executive David O'Connor. Really infectious character as well. You can see how excited he is about being the CEO of a club, a big club, a huge club back in the Premier League. Doc, thanks for your time. Enjoy you Saturday. Too. Enjoy Thank the off-season. You probably uh, will be a busy man. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Jamie. Off the Balls, League of Ireland podcast.